0: You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. Hi, I am excited to be here and not sitting in front of screens tonight. Um, and I, I am the oldest of the children and the best looking. Uh, <laughs> And and I'm glad he introduced my my profession, because I wanted, you know, I'm at a point where I, you know, I've spent enough time talking with people and doing enough things that, you know, God's showing me in the real world how he's working and how he works through people, you know, and uh, so I've been working for the firm for about 12 years doing taxes, so. Believe it or not, I, I, I don't know if it's a black sheep, but I'm the only one that is not related to oil and gas so uh, I'm kind of I don't, I don't know if you know how that works out, but you know when people come in and they start saying, hey, you know hand me their W2 and I see Chevron or Exxon I'm like, hey, you working on Belve? You know, you know you know and it's always exciting to talk to these people so um, so I kind of have an odd story of how I got where I was and I won't go too much in-depth there, um, but one thing I wanted to bring up, because this felt like a great place to bring it up, so when we're doing taxes, you know, I see, I get to see everything, you know. <laughs> I get to really get down and know who people are, you know, <laughs> so the one question I have for my ranchers is, how is it that we never show income? <laughs> And, and I'm like, but I look outside, and I see that F-350 Platinum Edition. And I, and I just, I'm like, I'm not doing something right. Looking at my beat-up half-ton, and I'm like, so I got to figure something out. So we're, we're trying to get some land right now, and uh, Mom's like, let's throw some cows on there. And I'm like, I don't know, you know. So, so just, I have a 10,000-acre ranch. It doesn't show a profit. I mean it doesn't matter. We just it just doesn't happen. So well the title of my message is uh, misleading comfort. And you know, and I'm not talking about comforting somebody in the fact that somebody's grieving or anything like that. I'm talking about our complacency. You know you know, where are we as Christians? Man, that's good, man. And originally I had something else to talk about, but it just slammed me, you know, this is, you know, when God works, he works, you know, he's, he's going to do what he needs to do. And right now, I think we're in an interesting time. And I think it applies to the time now, because we've just came through this period of, of, you know, an epidemic and just, you know, social, you know, distrust and things like that. And, and people are getting fed up That's right. and people are tired. And, and what i'm seeing is is, is not what I, there's there's two things that can happen one you tuck your tail and run and and accept where you are or two you keep pushing forward and right now my conversations and i'll just tie it to the financial world is is employment every business i have that comes in says i can't find anybody who wants to work nobody I, i'm paying 5 dollars 10 dollars more than i used to ma- nobody wants to work People have gotten to be complacent. They're saying, "You know what? I'm tired. I'm burnout. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ride this. You know, I'm just gonna just coast, cruise control. You know, and um, you know it." And I talk. I, I love. I, I mentioned comfort zone at work a lot. And I mentioned that another thing is is that when we reach a certain level of comfort, another thing is is that we're too afraid to leave that comfort level. We will fight to stay at that expectation. We don't want to leave that expectation. You know, if we're used to a certain quality of home, if we're used to a certain quality of vehicle, if we're used to a certain quality of pay, we're not willing to bring ourselves down when time calls for it, or it looks like that's God's plan. A lot of us want to just stay right there. So, and, and a couple things, you know, we, we're talking about comfort zone, you know, um, it comes to health too. One of the things that is just, makes me cringe when I talk to some of my clients. I have God-fearing clients. I've been blessed with God-fearing staff. And the, the people who are coming in, the first question they ask me is, are you vaccinated? <laughs> I had a guy come in one time, and, and he, he just assumed, I guess, because of having a college education or something, that I automatically have a vaccine. He came in and sat down with me, and he said, you know... I won't do business with somebody who's not vaccinated. And I said, okay. I didn't say a word. So, but what what bothers me about that is, is we found comfort in something that's not God. We found comfort in something that isn't Him. And, you know, I, I just, it, it breaks my heart to see these people because some of these people are, are, are so full of wisdom. And, and this time has just tore them down to a level that they can't get past. They're so scared for their, their health and everything else. But, and I wanted to, I've got a couple synonyms here for comfort. And I think the last one is, is most important and what I'm gonna be going forward with. But, you know, peace, luxury, coziness, security, and relaxation. And I'll, and I'll start off with me and the fact that God has blessed me beyond, you know, beyond belief in the fact that where I am at the age I am, to a lot of people, it's just, you know, He set the path up. And that whole time I walked that path, it was odd. It was very odd. It filled out of place. And then I got to a place, and everybody's like, man, you've got it made, you know. And I was like, I do. I can kick back, throw my feet back, you know. I, I got this, you know. And God's been dealing with me in the fact that, you know, this isn't what, you know, that, that wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. But, but we often think, well, we, we correlate comfort with it. It's a good thing it's something we should strive for, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, I enjoy certain things. I like doing certain things. Um, But there's kinds of comfort that are misleading. The one David always talks about is, uh, you know, as Christians is the the butt rut and the Holy Hoover. (laughs) Certain, we get into a comfort zone and we just coast. But I'll tell you with taxes, it's opposite of, of our in one way from our uh, our faith. In taxes, I'm trying to get you to where you're not roller coastering. We kind of want it to do like this, but God sometimes, I think, <laughs> wants us to roller coaster, because how can there be victory if there's not a battle? How can we, you know, give glory? How can we, you know, how can the glory be exalted if there's nothing to show? It's got to be there. But if we stay in a place of comfort, how are we ever, you know, if we're like, well, I'm, I'm good. I don't need a battle. I'm good right here. And we often think, and what mislead, has misled me at times is, well, I'm prosperous. I'm, there's nothing to worry about, you know, like, what's, you know, it's all good. Like, God, this is where God, he wanted to bless me. He wanted me to be here. And, and then I look back and I start remembering the steps that he put forth on me. And you, you start to realize that's not it. He put me here to get me somewhere for him and not for me. Right, wow, that's good. You know, and, and we all know the story of the servants and the talents. You know, there's a, there's a prime example. But I, I, what I'm seeing is, is that there's de- deceit in complacency, that we are just allowing ourselves to see that, oh, God is good. God is good because of where I am right now, and that's okay, but I often think Satan wants us. You, you, so before I came, and I'll, I'll just kind of, I'll just go ahead and tell a little bit of, of what's been happening here. Nick reached out to me a couple weeks ago, and uh, I think prior to Christmas, and he said, hey, Matt, I'd really like you to come speak. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And then the cards started falling. My life started falling apart around me. The guy who's supposed to be my partner for the next 20 to 30 years at 42 years old, dropped dead. The other two partners that are with me are retiring. They're gone in the next two years. My team is gone few weeks later, we're working on a land deal. We've got a guy that's, he is a great friend. He was, he's a, what I, I love to see as a person is, a, you know, I was like, that is a man after God's own heart. Died. I was at the deer lease. I was loading corn at Lowe's out in, uh, oh, what's that town? But, it, no, not Menard. The one's Junction. And, uh, I got a phone call as I was lifting a bag of corn into the truck and he died in a helicopter crash. And so instantly I started putting the pieces together and I said, what? What, what are you, what, what's happening here? Everything was perfect. Everything was the way it was supposed to be. And, this, and, it, and, I, and I realized that I had become I would become too comfortable and complacent with where I was. And, you know, I'm not saying it takes these kind of things for us to always realize, but it made me wake up real quick. And I started looking around at the people that I had in that office, looking at the families that, you know, were supported by our firm and what we did. And I realized that there was more to this than me. I see clients every day. I see I see straight up heathens, you know. <laughs> but you know, and I and I and it started appearing to me that hey, this this isn't about you. This isn't so you can retire early and enjoy, you know, the things you like to do, per se. It's not that he doesn't want us to do that. Of course he does. He wants us to prosper, he wants yes. us to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. But he also put us on this earth for a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> got a couple scriptures here Proverbs 132 For simpletons turn away from me to death Fools are destroyed by their own complacency Deuteronomy 8:12 8, through 18 and I thought this was a really good one For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else be careful. Do not become proud at the time and forget that the Lord, your God, who rescued you from the slaver in the land of Egypt. And as you look back on the word, you, you, it's a repeating story. You know, we get to a place where we're like, man, you know, you look at the Israelites, it's like, we don't really need to go over there. Like we had it pretty good, you know, why are we going to face strife? We got it good. You know, and, and what's interesting is, is you know, this also applies to leadership, you know, as far as how leaders and, and how success, and, and it's not every one of us is a leader. It's not that, just because you're assigned a position, you're a certain kind of leader. And this is even recognized in the professional world. We, we do something at work, it's uh, called the Emerging Leaders Academy. So the folks we're grooming to be the, the next up um, we send them through a twelve month course, and every month they're going through courses. and And I'm going to tell you, I, I've also I want to call the guy. He's got to be a Christian because the principles that he teaches on are just amazing. But a, a couple quotes they had, uh, and and this one just it stuck it stuck to me is is it is remarkable how scarce sustained ambition can be among those who have already achieved a degree of success. And you know we can't stop, you know, we can't stop and say, and just hang our hat, you know, we can't even, you know, I look at those who retire, you know, and again, I get to see everything about people, I get to see the numbers, I get to see how they're living, I get to see what kind of hobbies they have, I kind of see the things they're not supposed to let me see, you know, (laughs) and those who retire often, you know, I see this, there's two, you know, I always look at, like, Papa and my grandfather and my other grandfather. They don't stop. Maybe they're not working, but they don't stop. That's right. They're progressing. They're moving forward. But every time I see somebody who just decides, well, retirement is sitting at home, kicking back, you know, their life is cut short. Yeah. It's true. It's, true. It's, it's And, you know, it, it happens. Another quote I had, uh, and I really, another one from the Emerging Leaders Academy. If you don't make a total commit to, commitment to whatever you're doing, then you start looking to bail out the first time the boat starts leaking. It's tough enough getting the boat to shore with everybody rowing, let alone when a guy stands up and starts putting on his life jacket. <laughs> cool. I, th- I think that guy's who I'm getting at. It, and, and probably the one thing, another, you know, I'm driving home is I, I see financials. I see numbers. That's what I work in day in, day out. And we often put prosperity and financial wealth as a, a, as a measure of success. Mm-hmm. But money is just a tool. That's right. it's, just like, it's, it's just like any other tool we use. It, yeah. it gets us to the next, it helps That's us get good. to where we're going. You know, it's not this everything. And you know, believe it or not, what's odd is those who have the most money aren't all that entangled up in what money is. A lot of them, I I talk about some of our clients, It just they never stop. They love the art of the deal. They have enough money to retire 20 times, but it's not about that. They have a drive. They have something. Now, it may not be a Christian drive, but it's a drive. (laughs) You know? They have something. But yet, we, you know, we can't fall. You know, we should be like them in that way and not be complacent. I had a good uh, dad got to go with me to Colorado this year. And, uh, you know, talking about these guys. and, And, like I said, we... I get to talk to some really great people, some really interesting people. And there's a gentleman that, from a hunting standpoint, and I, we love to hunt, and uh, had everything. At one time, he owned a outfitting service and 25 mile by 25 mile piece of land in British Columbia. Every, what do you look for as a hunter? You own a mountain. <laughs> And he sat down with me the first year I met him and he broke down and he told me, cause he doesn't have it, he got rid of that. He still has a great place, but he said, when I was 43 years old, I realized I had nothing. I had everything and I had nothing. And I decided that where I, and he said, I searched and I searched and I searched for what appealed to me, no animal, No, you know, hobbies, nothing, you know, no business, no nothing. And he said one day, a neighbor asked him, said, hey, let's go to church. You know, and it sounds so simple, but to somebody who's so hungry, who has everything but has nothing, that man flipped in an instant. And, you know, talking to him and hearing his testimony just puts puts things back in perspective that, yeah. again, don't measure success off of prosperity. That's right. <clears throat> don't be complacent of where you are. That's good. And so I wanted to, and then another level of, of comfort, you know, sometimes we're also afraid to talk about the things that we don't want to talk about, the things that make us really uncomfortable. <laughs> so, you know, I, I told a couple guys Well, I used to be part of a Blasting Cast, a, a men's ministry, and I used to go with them. And more so, I would just kind of take them out, help them, and things like that. And uh, one year, they asked me to speak. And uh, I sat down with everybody, and I started talking. And it's just a short, you know, short kind of session. And I started off with, I said, is anybody ready to, I said, let's fast hunting season. Let's, <laughs> let's, just, let's just not do hunting season. And they look on those guys' faces just like, where are you going? And I said, we should all be ready to do this. We should be ready at any moment to just give up everything we have for God. We should be ready to turn to our wife and our kids, say, hey, sorry, but I'm ready to die and go to heaven and just leave you here. We should all be ready at that point. But that's uncomfortable. You know, we don't want to talk about that. You know, I, the other thing is is in our physical nature, and how we exalt God. It often gets me how we can, if we won the lottery, we would jump and rejoice and go absolutely nuts. But man, that guy raising his hand over there, uh, you know, and I'm not going to knock on any churches, but we we live in Livingston, and and sometimes it's just, we're, we're trying to make it down here, but for time we can't, so we'll go to other churches, and it is just Interesting to sit there and just watch the hesitation. <laughs> and, I, and I feel like the people in front kind of pressure the people who are going to lift their hands to the back. <laughs> like, if I don't see it, it's, it didn't happen. It's okay. <laughs> but, you know, I, my grandfather was a prime example of somebody who, who didn't care about the comfort. You know, he was the one that would stop and talk to the homeless man and give him food and, d- and do the oddball things. And I often look at it and I, you know, I look to him as, as a faith person, but you know, if we're too good, are, are we too good to get out of our comfort zone and help somebody? Are we too good to do things? Yeah. I know I've been put in uncomfortable positions and I've turned my back on it. And then there's times I've, I've listened And the things that came from me listening are just unbelievable. This firm that I work at, I was, uh, I think in year one, maybe year two, and I was driving back from Dayton to Livingston. It was about 11.30 to midnight. And I was actually gonna turn and go, I was about a mile, two miles from the office, and he he pressured me and he said, drive to your building, put your hands on it, and pray over that. He said, this is yours. Hmm. This one day will be yours. And not yours as far as prosperity, but yours as far as responsibility. And I did. And when I look back on that day and think, what what if I would've walked away from that moment? I felt uncomfortable. There was a homeless man sitting on the stairs. (laughs) I I just was like, (laughs) you know, I I know where you're going with this because I could see where he had led me. I was working in a gas station. I, I never applied to the job. I was working at a gas station. I had people come in. They say, don't you have a college degree? I was like, not Not yet, but thanks. you know <laughs> and, and people were kind of looking at me like, I, I think you're capable of more things than this. you know I think, I think you're cap-. well, little did I know that he was working in people who were coming through that store. One day, I get a phone call, and the guy that I eventually took over, he said, "Who are you?" He said, "We've got calls from three or four different clients saying." call this kid at the marina and the gas station and get him up there and talk to him. <laughs> and, and, and the whole time I was working there, I was like, I feel like I should go, but something, you know, something was holding me there. Wow. So good. But, you know, we can't, and when it comes to these things, and, and I'm not saying that we should all just jump out and go take on every giant. Yeah. We're not called to take on every giant. Sometimes we're called to wait. That's good, man, yeah. We're not, we're not meant to, you know, gain the, get, you know, have his glory in everything. But when we do get that chance and when you are offered those opportunities and you're lifted out of your comfort zone and you're put in that place Sometimes we get too wrapped up in why. Why is God putting me here? What is the reason that he's got me here? You know, we want inner peace. We still want some level of comfort knowing that he's putting us in this, you know, in the line of fire. You know, I need something, why? But your kids annoy you to death with why. And you know it's better not to tell them why. (laughs) So, why is when Papa God tries to get you to do something, why are we acting like little kids saying, Why, God? Why am I in this position? Why am I here? We need to press forward. And, And instead, rejoice in God's I told you so moments. That's good. I love those moments. I love when I can finally see where he's brought me. I'm so glad when I can just fall to my knees and cry and rejoice and praise. You know, we don't know, like I said, we don't know. I'm still not not certain as to why I'm where I'm at. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But I'm gonna keep on. That's right. I'm not gonna sit back and put it on cruise control. mispronunciation, but Ecclesiastes 7, 15 through 16. I have seen everything in this meaning meaningless life, including the death of good young people and long life of wicked people. So don't be too good or too wise. Why destroy yourself? And what I wanted to take away there is, is, is the people. Like I said, I get to see things. I get to see you know, inside people's lives. Interesting enough, when family and friends, when I was first going in this industry, and they're like, great, I got a CPA in the family. Get my taxes done for free, or at least for a discount. And then I get to talking to them, and they would realize, wait a minute, he's gonna get to know about this, and he's gonna get to know about that. I don't know about this. And, and I've honestly seen in other relationships with accountants where it, it tears them apart. It's just, it's, 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 only, it's almost my policy, you know, for certain family members, I'm like, you might want to pump the brakes there before you come see me. <laughs> I've, I, and, and friends too. I had a friend that I did his taxes for two years, really good friend, and he was like, I think this is the end. I think, I think, I think we've had enough. Galatians 6, 2, 3, share each other's burdens and in his way, obey the law of Christ. So uh, there was a message from Tim's too, and, and, and I loved, you know, I love listening to him. And, and uh, there was something he said, I, I, I couldn't have been older than, you know, I must have been in high school, maybe a little bit older. But one thing he said that just drove home into me was Selflessness. And when you really think about it, how much sin is derived from us being selfish? We, if we would be selfless all the time, we would be so filled with joy, so filled with with God's presence and just you know an understanding. But we get cu- so caught up in us and our selfishness. You know, I see people and 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 it's I. I the one thing is, is I see all kinds of levels of individuals. I love the people that come to me and they whip out that tithe statement. Now, I'm not judging, but I can see what God's, the prosper and the prosperity that they're gaining firsthand. And nobody else knows about it. Nobody else knows what they're doing. You know? They're, they're, they're constantly, and, and you see them, and they're normal people, and I'm like, these people. But then I see the next person and they're the ones on social media blasting scripture. Hey, listen to me. Listen to what I have to say. And they make a million dollars, but they gave $10,000 to the church last year. I'm not to judge, but I'm pretty certain that's not what the word said. Me, call me crazy, but I, I know that's not what it said. Now, me, I have, I have trouble with tithing. I, have, I struggle with the concept because I'm like, gross, net, after taxes. Wh- which one is it? <laughs> Chelsea, my wife Chelsea and I get in arguments over which one. And she's like, just give the bigger number. And I'm like, but God may want us to use that. So that's it. comfort. But we know better. We know that we're taking care of. What is there to worry about? Right. You know, there's nothing we have to worry about. Good. <laughs> you know, we, I just, I, 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 again, we get caught up in our own mindset, what's good for us. What's gonna work for us? And that friend I told you about, I kinda wanted to follow up You know, with the last little bit, that he was comfort, or he was not complacent. We went to his funeral and, and as they were talking about him, the pastor of the church, and now of course, this just so happens to be a client too, but we, over time, we gained a friendship. And I knew him, and I knew what he did. One of the last things he ever met with me about was he wanted to start a private foundation and give away half of his wealth. And he he said, you know, and he started, he was a man, I think, 2013, he might've made 60, 70,000. That was their family household income. One year later, another company came and talked to him and he came to us and he, and, uh, he said, should I get into this? And we looked at the numbers and we're like, you fool? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're like, how did you get this opportunity? And at the time it wasn't obvious to me why he was getting that opportunity. It wasn't so much about the money. It was, I think there was a part that had to do with the money. But the guy that came to him said, I have 60 employees, and I need them taken care of. I need them tended to. I need them to be in the right hands. And he picked the right man. And over the next several years, that gentleman made an amass of wealth and gave it away as freely as he could get. But he drove an old truck. He wore no fancy clothes, no fancy toys, no boats, you know, no $100,000 boats, a simple house. And the pastor at the funeral even said, he said, he said, I can't tell you. He said, yeah, there's a statement that goes out or, you know, but he would come to my office often and give me money and say, hey, give this to so-and-so Don't tell anybody. But the way I knew, and I knew that this word was going to be what came to my heart, was after the funeral. I was talking to one of his family members, and they said, Matt, he died on a Thursday. And they said, You know, do you want to hear something? Amazing, And I said, what? He said, on Monday, he straight up told the entire family that he could go at any moment. And he was happy. And he was ready. And he said he saw the only thing he, he, he was so ready. They said it was unbelievable how much peace he had. And just was like, God, hey, let's go, you know. Three days later he dies in a freak helicopter accident. But what was even more exalting was at the funeral in a Baptist church when his entire family stood up and praised and worshiped almost the entire time. Everybody in there was just a a spectacle of that family. Could you imagine grieving and the discomfort it takes to sit there at a huge funeral hundreds of people to stand up in front of everybody and thank god for where he is yeah not caring who sees you not caring what's going on just so proud so or so thankful that there's not a doubt where he is. Yeah. It's good. But you know, we as I said, I, I I've seen it time and time again. And we as people, we as Christians, you know, it's it's almost paradoxical. You know, we think that we need to be, you know, we should just kind of, it should be, we talk about the straight and narrow, but often I think of the straight and narrow as a a tight line. You know, if it wasn't such a hard path, you know, it's a a difficult path. We're often going to be veering off of it into things that are uncomfortable. But, you know, we, we cannot... We cannot just be complacent in our faith. We cannot be complacent in in everything we do. And now's the time greater than ever to remember that. So Well, that's all I have. I was waiting for the music. Well guys, thank y'all for being here and uh and I hope this touched y'all and And uh, by the way, we're looking for accountants, if you know somebody, (laughs) maybe it opened up a door for somebody, but but go ahead and bow your heads and we'll get out of here and uh, celebrate some moving forward. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for everything you've given us, Lord. We praise you in the storm and we praise you as you push us forward. We praise you in the moments of doubt, Lord, that we see that it's your your good, your love, and your compassion and grace that's gonna put us through everything. God, let us understand that there's no reason. We should envy the uncomfortable as christians we should be comfortable at being uncomfortable god because we know that no matter what's there there's no reason to fear lord and i praise you and i thank you for everybody here and i pray for safe trips home tonight in your 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 name amen We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.